Welcome to Bucks and Bales. This is where we'll talk to people about their archery journey and where they're at with it. It's a podcast about hunting and target archery and where life puts you on your archery journey. Current successes and failures and just all around life. Thank you for tuning in to Bucks and Bales, and if you'd like to connect, please email at bucksandbales at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bucks and Bales, everybody. We are glad you are here, and this week we have a totally awesome guest. It is the MAA Vice President, and he is a pro staff archer, and his name is Timothy Lopez. If you go on social media, you'll see a lot about him. Uh, that's how I found him, and he is here with us today. How you doing, Timothy? Good. Good evening, you guys. How's it going? Well, totally awesome. Totally awesome. Right on. Yeah, we got our co-host, Matt Macadance, here. And, uh, man, am I excited to talk to you about a little bit of archery. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, Timothy, we'll dive right into it. You know, can we get an overview of your archery history and how you started and evolved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my archery history is not as long as a lot of people's, but I think it's pretty, uh, it's pretty deep. For being so shallow <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know uh today i had a facebook uh, memory pop up you know from four years ago um uh i had met somebody during a 3d indoor league at bawana archery um by the name of mark scioli and at the time he had just um he was he was the uh, head uh, nas coach at a um, school in saint paul where they do uh, NASP archery, which is National Archery in the Schools program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we became friends, and um, he had thought that I was a fairly decent archer and asked if uh, I would maybe, you know, consider helping coach a NASP team. So I ended up getting certified as a NASP coach, and I helped him for a year. And that doing that alone, I think, really opened up my eyes and my heart and my mind to really wanting to become a tournament archer mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to go just shoot arrows but another to really you know make it your goal to to strive to you know really shoot this target as best you can repeatedly as many times as possible so mm-hmm. um that began my you know uh ocd with archery you know why you know if you shoot a shot and if it goes a little right what did I just do that made it go right? And then, you know, you go down the rabbit hole, but that's just, you know, as far as being a tournament archer, I think we all kind of go through that, but mm-hmm. you know, that was just, you know, what opened my eyes and what got me started in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but how I originally started in archery was, um, you know, I've told the story to other archers, you know, in the past and stuff. So, but I had became diabetic and I needed a way to, to be a little more active and do a little more exercise and whatnot. So I was at a pawn shop one day and I, they happened to have some bows, some compound bows. And I was like, you know, I always wanted to try archery and on a whim, I just bought one and uh, went to, I think, Joe Sporting Goods, went and bought some cheap arrows and then went to the outdoor range and, tried you know just to draw back the bow and shoot it at a hay out of bale uh, a hay bale mm-hmm. and i was doing so horrible that one of the people that were there watching kind of shaking their head at me mm-hmm. and i noticed he was shaking his head at me and he, his name was Paul. he's a um Hmong american archer mm-hmm. and he comes over and he's like hey um can i give you some advice <laughs> and i was like yes absolutely please and so he you know gave me my first formal archery lesson which I will forever be grateful, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and then fast forward a little bit of time, you know, uh, I started, you know, I, I hunted, you know, just the first couple of years, got into bow hunting and then wanted to shoot during the winter time or the off season. And then I discovered indoor leagues, you know, for the winter time and, mm-hmm. um, 
ended up shooting a lot indoors. And then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first uh, MSAA regional qualifier was coming up, and I never knew about um, any indoor tournaments or spot leagues or spot tournaments. And so it was all kind of new to me still. And uh, quite a few other archers at Pawanas were saying, oh, are you going to shoot the qualifier? You know, it, it seemed like to be a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was, you know, I'd never shot a tournament and I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never shot a tournament. I don't know if I'm ready. And everyone just kind of pushed me. Oh, no, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. That's all there is to it. And then somebody, um, a girl, Gina, that's a friend of mine now, even told me, you know, she said, it's only $20 to shoot the qualifier. Gosh, do you need $20? I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> and I said, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so I did it, you know, and then I think I qualified, you know, for second flight. Um, and so then I went to the tournament and, you know, so I practiced for three months at a five spot and I was able to go and win my, um, my flight for my first tournament ever. Your first tournament, you won that flight. Yep. Yep. My very first tournament, uh, second flight, but I won only by one point. Everyone else beat me by X's, but I was able to beat them by one point. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really, you know, was really amped up and excited about it. And then, uh, I started uh, just shooting a lot more, practicing, practicing, and then started, you know, to to try and find, you know, uh, information about other tournaments coming out because at the time it didn't really seem to be a lot of uh, information out there readily available unless you're actually in that environment and you already know active shooters and that they know all the tournament schedules. Um, so I started digging around and started slowly finding about more and more tournaments. I'd always hear about them a couple of days ahead of time, right before the tournament. So I started mm-hmm. going to more and more tournaments. And then I would come back and talk to all the other guys at Pawanas. Like, hey, you guys are just with this tournament. You know, everybody's using long stabilizers <laughs> and a lot mm-hmm. of weight. And, you know, we were, I had started out in the bow hunter division. And so then I, I switched over to freestyle and, uh, then started doing some 3d shoots and uh had you know my very first 3d shoot that i went to i came Mm -hmm. in dead last Mm -hmm. i um didn't you know i learned you know to shoot on level ground but when you're shooting uphill downhill your form can change and it can really change the impact of the arrow so i had to go back and i had to do a lot of homework yeah and you know um so the following year, I was able to come back, and now the last three years at the MSAA shoots, I've come in uh, first, second, and third the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but a lot of homework, a lot of practice, a lot of shooting at my other home club, Chillicoupe Hunters, which has an awesome uh, 3D course. If you got, if, if you haven't been out there, you you got to make it out there. Um, it's an awesome club. They yeah. have. Uh, an awesome range out there. They have an indoor range, an outdoor range, and a 3D course. Um, so, like I said, if you've never been to Chillicoot, you got to make your way there at least once. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, like, speaking of clubs, you know, I mean, you're talking about that club and you're talking about Bawana. You know, Chillicoot Bowhunters, if that's your other club that you're going to, where is that located? That's in Somerset, Wisconsin. Okay. Is that a, a pretty large club? Did you say that's an indoor club or an outdoor club mainly? So uh, I don't know how many acres they have. It's a fairly large-sized club, but they have an indoor range and an outdoor range and the 3D course. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's um, it's my little secret. Um, we have a 900 field as well that I don't tell anyone about. Um, we got like a 70-yard 70 yard range where um if you never shot a 900 round that's where you shoot at three distances 40 yards 50 yards and 60 yards and me and my girlfriend dana take full advantage of it all summer long to get ready for outdoor nationals oh okay so they have a pretty tasty outdoor range good target down all right yeah i kind of heard that my that our co-host has a little history there yeah (laughs) Yeah, I've been out there. Now that their indoor range, they that's not limited to twenty yards, is it? Is that a thirty yard indoor range? No, it's a twenty yard. They have a cafeteria and a kitchen in there, so um, 
they have it cut down to just 20 yards and then there's a glass uh like a glass plexi wall between the two areas okay Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a beautiful place out there i've like you know I've, i've been there once um for a challenging event Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, no, it's an awesome club. Um, just the history there, you know, is pretty rich. There's so many um, uh, archers there that back in their day they were all state champions, uh, national champions. Um, so just you know, you can go there and you can just there's a wealth of knowledge there that's just you know mainly untapped. So mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. go there, I get to you know pick their brains a little bit and get a lot of advice and um john Slate being one of them he's given me some good advice um you know uh we all struggle with that saying uh as a tournament shooter now this is your first official scoring end and your two practice ends before you started you didn't miss but your first end for score you'd be surprised how many people miss oh yeah i'm one of them <laughs> And what John Slate told me was, you know, it's just a mental thing. You tell yourself, okay, I just shot two good, two good ends. My next two ends are going to be good, just as good as my first two practice ends. And once you get over that little hurdle, it kind of you just kind of just roll through your your rounds. Mm-hmm. So, do a lot of the people at Chillicoot then do they bounce back and forth between the Wisconsin and the Minnesota associations, or are they kind of stick to um, Wisconsin? A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think quite a few of them just happen to live right in Stillwater, which is the border between, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin area. Yep. So it's pretty fairly easy for them to go to either or for uh, tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So do you belong to any of the Wisconsin associations or do any of the shoots in Wisconsin at all? I do not. Okay. I was just curious Only about that. Point. I probably do about 20 tournaments a year right now, and they're all in Minnesota. Or, well, they're national and Minnesota. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so speaking of the Chillicoot Cub, you, you were talking earlier about Bawana. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Is that a club? or? So Bawana is a pro shop. They, okay. you know, they, they, we have a 20-yard um, indoor range, and we also host a... Uh, the msaa regional qualifier there um but they have um they sell all you know top of the line bow equipment um you know matt no, sorry not matthews but Botech, hoyt elite pse i'm sure there's several others um but if you you know which is nice because you go there you shoot and then if you need help with your equipment or if you want to upgrade your equipment that's there for you Whereas at Chillicoot, you can shoot there, and if you need any kind of work done on your bow, then you're going to have to run back to A1 Archery or back to Bowana. So. Mm-hmm. And Bowana, that's in Little Canada, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just wanted to make sure. So, and speaking of Bowana, what exactly are you guys doing there? Because you guys have unleashed a list of really good shooters the last four or five years what are you guys doing there that uh as far as like training goes or any type of practicing are you guys doing anything different or are you guys just putting pressure on each other every day we put the pressure on each other every day every day um but I like to think we do it more in a uh, in a way where we help build each other. Um, we can get under each other's skin once in a while, you know, or get on each other's nerves. But when we go to tournaments, we really go as a team and we really try to help each other as a team. Um, just for example, we were in Vegas and one of our shooters, her battery died in her sight. And... She's kind of freaking out her first time in Vegas, and she's like, "My, I can't even see my pin. And so me and my girlfriend, Dana, we ran down to Ultraview. Uh, she had Ultraview scope, and we were able to find her some batteries. And so we came back and, you know, 
from the time where they were scoring the arrows and she was shooting second, not first, we had just enough time to swap out her batteries and get them switched out. And she was able to keep shooting. So, you know, versus being by yourself all alone, what would you really do in that scenario? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and I mean, years ago, we used to have that in, in our area with Minnesota archery. If you're familiar with that old pro shop, Minnesota Archery? No, not really. Yeah, I mean, there was a pro shop out in Litchfield, and it's very much like Bawana right now, from what I can tell. You know, we had a large group of people. It was kind of, we all kind of like family. We all pushed each other. Uh, but that yep. shop has since closed. But what has really caught my attention the last few years um, at some of the state indoor shoots that I've been to is Bawana has really pulled together and and boy, you and your friends over there at Bawana are doing a fabulous job. Thanks. Yeah, hopefully we can keep it going. Um, you know, we we're constantly, you know, trying to help each other. We see new shooters come, and you know, I think we've all been at that point where we were new at something, and we went somewhere, and kind of nobody really gave us any attention or tried to give us a helping hand. Whereas there, we are pretty quick to, you know welcome you you know make you feel comfortable you know we want to grow the sport of archery we want to you know uh see everybody succeed you know i tell people if one person with us wins it feels like we all win so mm -hmm. absolutely and that's nice because you know that and that's what this is all about too you know the podcast itself you know i mean that's we're, yeah. we're just trying to spread it and grow the sport just like you guys you know and it's uh it's a good team effort yeah absolutely <laughs> so you are the vice president of the maa and underneath uh, i went on the profile the other day and it said that nfaa vice president could you explain yeah. a little bit you know the maa and how that works and and how you being the NFAA vice president, you know, how all that works and in, in that organization? Yep. So the MAA is the Minnesota Archers Alliance. Um, and we have affiliation with the NFAA. So to have an NFAA state shoot, that's we're affiliated with them so we can host those type of shoots and coordinate that with the NFAA. Um, my role uh, as the VP is to help schedule tournaments and uh, coordinate with the NFAA uh, to schedule these events and make sure that the events run smoothly and that all um, scores are then reported back to the NFAA and I have to give them a little, you know, uh, update after every tournament. And our next uh, NFAA shoot will be NFAA sectionals not this weekend, but the following weekend, the 24th and the 25th at Rapids Archery in Coon Rapids. Um, so we'll have states, we'll have indoor sectionals, which means the Midwest sectionals will all be taking place that weekend and everybody will be shooting a score, you know, in whatever state you're in, in the Midwest region. And then all those scores will be tallied at the end of the day. Um, that's a Rapids Archery Club, you said? Yeah, at Rapids Archery Club. And by shooting the sectional tournament, what does that do for you? Um, it shows you, I guess, uh, where you're at. <laughs> because the NFAA will post all sectional results, and then it shows, like, is our section better than the, than the Great Lakes sections or the Northwest section, you know? Um, so it's, it's almost like a bragging rights thing. Like, is ours, let's hope the Midwest section has better scores than everyone else. So it so it's not like a qualifier for nationals or anything like that. No, it's not. Okay, cool. You know, and that's kind of nice to know. I mean, you can shoot at that event from the what is it, tri-state area or whatever, and then yeah, get... and it kind of it kind of if you can't go to Vegas, it, it kind of lets you know where you kind of stand. You know where your standings would be or your rankings would be if you wanted to rank yourself amongst all the other archers in the country. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and it just gives you it gives you a benchmark. Um, I try and tell everyone, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. 
you know, um, mm-hmm. you're not going to shoot perfect every time. Um, and you know, somebody, you know, you shoot a 300, you know, 50 X and you're like, Oh, I wish I would have shot 55 X. And there's somebody that's shooting 299 that just wants to shoot a 300, you know, that type of scenario. It's always, you know, trying to be your, your own best version of yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. I think people get competitive, a little too competitive sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the MAA, you know, going back to that, uh, I've noticed in the last few years, you know, I mean, the MAA and the MSAA, uh, you guys have been doing a lot of events together and the MAA just here last in the last few weeks here, you guys had some, uh, shoots down in Waseca, the state indoor tournament for the MAA. Yep, we had the NFAA State Indoor uh, Championship and uh, at the Wasika Archery Club, and we made it so that you could also put in a qualifying score for the MSAA State uh, Indoor Championship. So working together like that with them, I think that helps, you know, broaden our, you know, people that would want to come and shoot there. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you get more... More archers to your event, which is what we all want. So. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. And uh, if somebody wants to join the MAA or the NFAA, for that matter, I mean, they would go on either one of those websites, and that would be easy to find. So the MAA, you don't go to the MAA uh website and sign up if you sign up under the nfaa or the usa archery you are automatically a maa member okay which is pretty nice okay all right i get that now so you you just suggest if you want to be a member of the maa just go join the nfaa directly yes yep exactly see when i first started archery and i was learning about all these different organizations and who I got to belong to to shoot certain shoots, that was probably the most anxiety-ridden time of archery, is just trying to figure out what I got to do to be able to do these. And nobody really seemed to have a clear answer for me. So I think the more we can explain it to the new archers, um, you know, make it easier for them. Yeah, I think that does help a lot, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. Now, we didn't quite get all the way through your archery history because usually we got to ask about all the bows you've had. So from if just the ones you remember, Timothy, could you give, give us a list of the bows that you've had and, and what you're shooting now and what it looks like? Uh, well, where did I start? So my first bow from the pawn shop... I think it was a, a Quest bow made by G5, which makes, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of their bow offhand. So it was a G5 Quest bow, um, was my first one. And I shot that for about three months and, uh, I would, I would get her dialed in and then I'd go back on next, the week later and then I'd be all over the place. And I then realized that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I'm right-handed, but left-eye dominant. So I looked it up online, you know, what to do. And then all the advice just said to switch as soon as possible. So I did that and then um, ended up going with Bowtech for a while. Um, and then wanted to shoot, you know, a bow for indoor and for 3D. So I shot a BT mag, which I think was like a 38-inch axle-to-axle bow or maybe a little longer, but... Um, then I ended up with, uh, Hoy Prevail being my first target bow. And I just love that bow. And, uh, that's when I first started doing really well at tournaments with that bow. But then me and my girlfriend and another good friend, Don, were in a, uh, car accident. We were all okay, but all the bows went for a ride, uh, flew out of the back of the pickup truck. So then I ended up shooting, uh, super focused for a couple of years and I love that bow so much that I had got an identical bow just a different color one for indoor one for outdoor mm-hmm. and then now I'm shooting the Hoyt Stratos 40 hmm. 
So probably I've gone through about probably 15 bows though in <laughs> easily six years. <laughs> that's, that's a busy bow guy. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. And so target archery, like now, what what kind of classes are you shooting in target archery? So this year I've moved up to the uh, pro class. Um, I have a, a pro card with the NFAA as being a pro archer. So uh, to get your pro card with the NFAA, you need to shoot a NFAA state indoor championship or a NFAA regional, um, one of those regionals uh, mm -hmm. to put a score in. You got to shoot 300, I think, uh you know, 50x just to get, you know, to qualify to get a, your pro card and to shoot in the pro class. Um, you know, uh, it gives uh, gives the working man a chance. You know, 60, 360x would be, you know, what a pro would shoot every day, all day at a fire spot. But it gives the working man, you know, the weekend warrior a good chance of, of you know, getting in there and seeing what they can do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but um, the last... Uh, up until this year, all I've done is the uh, adult male freestyle uh, with the MSAA and the MAA. Um, I never did the open class because I just never wanted to shoot for money. I felt like, because then you're shooting in the money class, and I just felt like, oh, I'm just going to be a little more nervous. I'm just, you know, mm -hmm. didn't really want that added pressure. And so, but this year now, shooting in the pro class, and I shot in the pro class at the uh, Vegas. Um, I definitely will be shooting in the open class this year in Minnesota. So um, I, I doubt my scores will change. I mean, looking at all my other scores, I would always go back and compare my scores and I'd either be, you know, up there or just under the top person. Hmm. Mm -hmm. How did, uh, how did Vegas go for you anyway? Vegas was awesome. Um, everyone should do it. <laughs> Uh, it really tests your nerves for sure. Um, the first two days, I was a little shaky. Uh, I think it almost takes a couple of days, especially, you know, that was my last year was my first year out there. This was my second year there. And then going there and competing, you know, as a pro on the pro line with all these, you know, top shooters from all over the world. It took a little, you know, it took a couple of days just for the nerves to settle in. And then on the third day, it was, it seemed a little easier and more like, okay, this is more relaxed. This feels like how it feels at practice and just shot a 300. So, mm -hmm. and then, uh, it was a great feeling though. Cause I did have, I had my girlfriend and about four other friends watching, cheering me on as I was shooting and last arrow, the last end, you know, was is always hard, and you know, because you you don't want to mess up, and you come all this way, and let's keep it going. And first arrow, you know, ten. Second arrow, X. Last arrow, you know, I just tell myself, okay, don't mess this up. We got this. I draw back, and it's just my pin was just floating from one side of the target to the other, and I just blinked and I shot and I looked and it looked like it was in the middle. And I looked really good, and I could see it hit, and I turned around, and then, you know, my girlfriend and all my other friends were just, you know, woo, good job, you know, and I raised my bow up in the air. It was it was pretty awesome. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah, that sounds like it. So That's cool. And I heard they might change the venue next year. Yeah, there, it's, uh, it's definitely, it is somewhere else next year. I believe they call it the Horseshoe. Okay, yeah. Well, that's cool. What, what, um... What kind of training have you been up to or doing for your, you know, getting getting into this pro class and everything? And, I mean, shooting a 300 in Vegas, you know, those are pretty good scores, you know. I mean, how have you been training for all of that and, and getting uh, ready for it? Uh, just, a, you know, shooting, you know, 200 arrows a night, um, you know, some days I'll shoot 500 arrows, you know, on a weekend, on a Saturday. Um, just a lot, you know, and then going back and really doing a lot of homework, a lot of, I guess, YouTube videos on, you know, holding steadier on target. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of good information. There's a lot of good information out there right now on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, 
the last you know 20 years of archery is all on youtube right now if you can't get with a you know a national level coach there's so much good information out there um and knowledge um that i've learned 90 percent of everything i know is from youtube videos and and you know i've shared as much as i can with everyone at Bawana, and then other people will do likewise uh, you know whatever they were struggling on if we see somebody else that might have the same you know problem that you work through then we will share that information and help that archer work through it as well mm -hmm. so have you found that um i mean you accelerated very quickly with with your archery um what is it like working through your setups as far as certain weights out front, certain weights out back, what releases you're going to be using, you know, what lenses are you using? Um, have, have you found that to be like change from year to year or, or when do you really kind of hone in on, okay, this is the setup I'm going to shoot for the indoor season of 2024. Um, I guess, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, kind of attitude I got. If I'm shooting good with a, with a setup, I just keep it going. Um, if I start shooting a little low or a little high, then I might adjust some tip weight or some weight off the back bar or the sidebar. Um, I use a seven times lens right now. Um, I started out you know, in the bow hunter division. And then I think I went to, when I first went, switched over to freestyle, I think I went to a four times lens. And then once I started to learn form a little bit better and to hold a little steadier, then I jumped up to six times lens. And now I can shoot with a seven times lens um, where the pin sits pretty still for me on target. That's cool. So I don't, I don't know if you guys, you know, if you shoot with lenses, but if you're using a six times lens, it's going to magnify the movement six times. Yeah. Right. So any little, you know, vibration in your hand or in your muscles, your twitches are magnified. And, you know, so you just form, I would, I just, I tell everyone form first, learn your form. Okay. Did you have any mentors or, or who's your favorite YouTube personalities either either one of those things that that you got most of your you know holding steady and target information from uh probably rc archery um i believe he's out of texas i've never met him yet i'm surprised i haven't because you know i i would assume eventually i'm sure i'll meet him someday at some tournament but he's uh he's got a great uh online um coaching advice and does zoom coaching and all that stuff too but i've just always taken advantage of the free videos so um george riles i think the last two years i don't know if you guys know who that is um coach out of the uh i believe the east coast area um probably one of the best coaches i think in the country i've watched a, quite a few of his seminars um you watch what he has to say, and then you put that into practice. That can really make your scores jump up pretty high, pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Just following following his training. Okay. All right, it's a couple couple things we need to research. Yeah, George Riles. Um, uh, he has a couple of seminars out there right now. I think from the ATA show and uh, from Vegas too. I believe he put out a, a seminar. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. You were talking about your, you sent me a list and it was a really long list of all these shoots and, and, and things you've been to, you know, it, it seems like you started shooting archery and you haven't been shooting it that long and you're, and you're up to, you know, a pro level right now, you know, um, that takes a lot of determination and everything did, uh, did archery pretty much swallow you whole and, and just take you in and you just fell in love with it and that's how you got it? Or, or have you it been... Did. It, it did. did. It absolutely did. Um, you know, I, 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 I've been obsessed with archery since I discovered it. You know, um, wish I would have learned it sooner in life, but I think timing has everything to do with it too. I, uh, 
I had children kind of young. Uh, my first daughter was born when I was 20. Um, I started and then I had a second daughter when I was 25, but they're both grown. I've got a 10 year old grandson now, um, or nine year old grandson, sorry. And a one year old granddaughter, but my daughters are both moved out and, um, they live on their own. So I'm, you know, at the stage of my life where I had all of a sudden all this free time and what was I going to do with myself? So I just, you know, shoot my bow every day, every day, all day. And really, you know, got into, um, mentoring also, uh, with archery which i really do love and that was one of the reasons why i wanted to join the maa was to try and uh, recruit more kids from the cities into archery which i you know i still want to work on that so i I feel like at uh Bawana, one thing that we have uh that a lot of other clubs don't have is a lot of diversity mm-hmm. so you walk into about to Bawana and you you know you, i'm mexican-american uh we have chooks there that's his nickname he's Nigerian American. Uh, we have Jim Bang. He's Asian, Hmong American. We got Kenny Tran, Vietnamese. We got you know almost everybody represented there. And so when somebody new comes to that shop, chances are there's going to be someone that looks like them, mm-hmm. and that's going to want to make them actually be a little bit more interested and want to actually participate a little bit more mm-hmm. in the sport of archery that we all love. So, absolutely. So in in your progression, um, like going from amateur to the pro level, um, did at any point in time, did you hit like a plateau where you're shooting like, okay, I'm always shooting a 351X, you know, or you're right in that 50X range. And then you, you, you step it up a few weeks later, you're in that 355X range. How... Did you ever struggle with like plateauing in in one area for a period of time, and how did you break through that? So I was stuck at fifty eight, fifty nine x for about three months before I shot, you know, three hundred sixty x. And every day I'd go shoot, and I would get down to the last couple of ends, and I would drop an x. I was like, oh, so I'd finish my game, and then I would just, you know, just keep shooting, but I wouldn't shoot for a score after that game was done. Come back the next day, try it again. 59X, you know, for, you know, every day for three months. Once you can, everybody hits these up, hits these little roadblocks, but once you can push past them and your mind learns that, okay, we can do this, it it really is like your mind is limitless. You can do whatever you set out to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember struggling to get my first 300. When I hit that first 300, you know, then the 300s were coming pretty easy. And then I was worried about my X count. Yep. I never got past 58. However, uh, I, I never shot freestyle. I've always only shot bow hunter. But um, watching you guys that can achieve that 60X, or that 58x consistently. I don't know how you guys do it. Do you guys even have a heartbeat? Because <laughs> because I tell you the the shakes and the nerves and the anxiety the shooter anxiety um is just it can be extremely overwhelming. It can be and I think you just need to learn uh the mental side of archery is you know there's, you know, I, I believe it's uh, uh, Larry Wise, you know, step one to shooting is shoot the 10 ring, and then step two is repeat step one. Um, and that comes down to all the mental part. Um, that you just build up through tournament calluses. You know, you the more tournaments you shoot, the, the more you get your nerves under control, the more high-pressure situations you put yourself into the the easier the next time it, it's it just comes a little bit more it's never going to be easy but it becomes more relaxed every time you do it mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah yeah you got to put that line pressure on you yeah exactly and then even like with our, uh, you know at Bawana, you know, when we shoot with each other, you know, there's always a level of competition there. So we're always striving to, you know, beat each other. But it, it does help, you know, so when we're at tournaments, we're already used to that pressure. Mm-hmm. 
So I think, you know, if you can get with a good group of archers that want to see each other succeed and want to help each other succeed, I mean, you guys can go and win national tournaments all day long. Mm-hmm. And kind of working as a team, but yet striving to, you know. Yeah, it's all on an individual level, but when you work as a team and you, you know, you build as a team, I mean, you guys, we can, you know, there's no way, other way I could, you know, say how could we, you know, a bunch of knuckleheads get together three years ago and then now just go and win all these state tournaments. Right. I was trying to tell some kids that the other day, you know, they were, they were asking about how to, how they could score higher, you know, and, and uh, I was like, you know, listen to the people at the club, you know, and shoot yep. with the other people at the club. You know, you'll pick up things and they'll tell you the smallest things that will help you all the time. You know, yep, absolutely. And uh, I said, you know, the more you're here, the more you shoot and the more you shoot and the more you hang out with people, the more you'll find out. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. We all evolve as archers, you know, as archers and especially as uh, target archers, you know, um, we all got to learn what what setups work best for us, you know, do we like, you know, how much weight do we want on our stabilizer wires? How much magnification do we need or want to, you know, you, you just evolve with time. So nobody's going to wake up one day and say, Oh, I'm a tournament archer and you're going to go to be a tournament archer and succeed. It definitely takes time and it takes a lot of hard work. And that's all those kids need to know is, you know, you're going to get archery is one of those things. You're not going to get anything out of it that you don't put into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I guess that brings us to our next, you know, uh, kind of section here is failures. Now, I know they're not easy to talk about. We all have them. <laughs> and, you know, do you have any failures or any failure stories that you have from any of your shoots that that uh, we could hear? Uh, well, I guess I'll just start by saying, you know, failure is the secret ingredient to success. Nice. Um, if you don't fail, you're never going to, you know, you're not going to learn from those mistakes and you're never going to, you know, grow as an individual or an archer. So um, for every tournament that I've ever won, I've lost 10. I, you know, when I first started, I was always, you know, at the bottom, but it just, you know, made me want to try harder, work harder, um, you know, and figure out what I was missing in my game and just work on that. So, uh, I did my very first tournament, uh, for a state 3d shoot was the MSA state 3d shoot. I think it was out in Bemidji and I was super excited and I borrowed a buddy's car that got, you know, really good gas mileage cause I didn't want to drive my work truck. And I drove up there at like six in the morning and, uh, by myself, I was, you know, still kind of rolling solo at the time to all these tournaments and I went to Bemidji and shot the tournament and it was unknown um 3d and i never even you know i knew 3d pretty good but i never did an unknown 3d course mm -hmm. and i came in dead last <laughs> I, I think people with recurve scored higher than i did um it was just a whole new game and but um you know but those failures are like i said are what push us to want to succeed and do better so i came back the following year i tied for first place but ended up with second um and then the following year took first place and then last year i took third place so those failures are you know what make you oh absolutely you know to to go to an unknown 3d and not know what you're getting yourself into that's uh yeah yeah you could definitely have some arrow loss or you know drop yeah. a few scores <laughs> <laughs> yeah is there any other failures that you've had at any other tournaments, like, say, for instance, indoor or any of your freestyle archery that you could think um, of? You ever you ever bang I, the wall or, or hit the... I've shot the wrong target probably four times. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. It, I just did it at the uh, MAA All-State Vegas. Oh, did you? Uh, shoot. Um, I drew back, lined up perfect, shot the best feeling shot ever, and I look... And I said, well, that makes sense because it's in the wrong target. <laughs> <laughs> so live and learn. Um, uh, I think it's an outdoor uh, state target, which is 900. I shot the wrong target, the first arrow after practice. Um, 
the 50 meter target and the shoot offs last, um, not last year, but the year before I, I was in the shoot off and I shot the wrong target. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, these are just all failures that you just learn from. If you say that you've never shot the wrong target, then you haven't shot long enough. Oh, geez. Yeah. We, we have animal league at our club and I'll tell you what, it's pretty fun to shoot somebody else's target, but it's not very fun to score it afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell my girlfriend, you know, you know, if somebody's getting on your nerves and you already know you're not going to win, shoot their target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, you know. You know, a little psychological warfare never hurts, so. Yeah, but I like what you said, how failure is the secret ingredient to success, you know. I mean, because, you know, I'm I'm an extreme advocate, and we've, we've had other people on this con, uh, podcast here, and, and that's exactly what they say. You know, I mean, a lot of the people that are really good at dealing with failure. You know, they know how to deal with it. They don't necessarily call it failure. Sometimes they call it feedback or whatever else. And that's yeah. some, that's something that you're doing. You know, you're you're able to look past it and you're able to laugh at the ones you had or learn at the the failures you've had. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it kind of brings us to one of the last questions I have for you and is there any chance you could give us a really good story uh, about something very successful that has happened to you in your archery? Uh, uh, Even just a target archery success story or whatever. I guess, um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I think of this as a really good um, story as far as for me. Um, the um the i don't know if you guys are aware of a tournament called the voyager cup yep we put it the maa we put it on it's um a 50 meter tournament it's um it's like a ustat style usa archery style tournament um it was it was uh this year i was uh you know asked before so this year 2024 is when i actually took the official role as the VP, but last year I was a, uh, a board member at large and that was just more or less a supporting role member mm-hmm. for the organization. And I was asked if I would help set up this tournament, uh, the Voyager cup, which meant, you know, doing inventory, uh, getting bales, uh, loading up the rental truck, uh, setting up the course, setting up the lines, um, all the, all the stuff that nobody ever sees that goes on in a tournament, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I really learned there's so much more to archery than shooting arrows. Um, I think that everybody that shoots tournaments should at least volunteer maybe once a year at a local tournament Absolutely. just to have a greater appreciation for what it really takes for clubs and organizations to put on shoots, you know, um, it's a, it's a thankless job, but we all love what we're doing. So, you know, nobody minds doing it. Um, so that for me was a huge success. And then during the tournament itself, I wish I would have had a better outcome. I didn't shoot as you know good as I felt like I could, but then the following week I did go out to outdoor nationals at, uh, Yankton. And the first day I ended up, uh, qualifying second, just behind by one X tied as I was in third, but I was tied in score, but behind by one X. So I was in third place, which is the highest rank I guess I've ever had for outdoor nationals. Wow. Very good. So well, that's totally awesome. Well, excellent, Timothy. You know, I mean, that that's, that's amazing. You know, anybody else that, you know, is interested in future tournaments or joining, you know, to come out and shoot where we have a, I have a Facebook page called X's are forever, mm-hmm. which uh, kind of started out as a little bit of a joke with everyone at the club at Bawana. You know, um, we would say that relationships come and go, but X's are forever because people would say, Oh, I can't shoot on Friday. Cause I have to go see, you know, have a date or something. And we'd be like, you guys, you guys are girls, you know, you know, relationships come and go, but exes are forever. So that was kind of our slogan for a while. And then we came a Facebook page and now we use it just to, you know, share tournament results and share um, when those upcoming tournaments are so that they are easier to find and, and more readily available to everybody to know when shoots are happening. 
Yeah, and that, that's actually how I found you as I got on that page. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And, and those of you that, you know, are into sharing stuff, you're more than welcome to share it on the Bucks and Bales page as well. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Totally awesome. I'll, uh, Timothy, it was really good having you. And I guess Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thank you for coming. And if anybody wanted to join the MAA, like you said, all they'd have to do is join the USA Archery or the NFAA, and that would make you a member, correct? Correct, yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to have to go to that Bawana Pro Shop now. Yeah, they got whatever you need or want, or awesome. you can get what you want. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, sir. And uh, yeah, it was a great podcast. Awesome. Hopefully, I catch up with you guys in a year and we'll see what's changed. Yeah, yeah. Are you going up to the state indoor this year? Or? Yep, I'll be there. I believe is it Virginia, Minnesota? Yep. Yep, I'll be there. Uh, in the open class, though, so oh. not the uh, not the average, not the uh, adult male freestyle class, though. So. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll let um, I'll let what's his name. Um, Blaine Ertl win this year, maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little poke at him. Yeah. yeah awesome. And I just like to say, you know, uh, with archery, I have made so many friends all over the state of Minnesota, which is just, you know, I, I it's just such a blessing to know so many people um, all over the state. And, you know, I go to these shoots, you know, and I've always felt not left out i've always felt people have you know came up to me talked to me and i tried to do the same for other people now so you know i think in this especially in this world we live in that's that's what we need so yeah very true very true i've met uh many many wonderful people through the sport yeah. of archery yeah so yeah and same here man well, all right, well, we'll end the episode with that. And uh, those of you that want to get on an episode or have any good ideas for the podcast at all, uh, just email at bucksandbales at gmail.com. And if you wanted to connect with uh, Timothy Lopez, look up him on the X's Are Forever Facebook page and join that group. And for the rest of you, have a good one.